0: Welcome to the Pink Cloud Podcast. In this weekly podcast, we offer a supportive space where women share their personal experiences of getting sober and navigating sobriety while being young. In each episode, we deliver an amazing combination of heart-to-hearts and informative interviews with sober women without judgment. This podcast is a bout of necessity for like-minded women trying to seek and maintain sobriety while achieving more in their lives. Whether it's in sobriety, relationships, career, spirituality, mental health, or health and wellness, created with sobriety, recovery, and sisterhood in mind, the Pink Cloud podcast unites the voices of phenomenal women as we share deep and inspiring conversations of hope for a bright future. Hello,
1: and welcome to the pink cloud podcast. I'm your sober host, Lisa H. And on this episode, we have one of my best sober friends here, Steph, and she's here from divine empowerment yoga. And we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is meditation and yoga and the importance of it on sobriety journey. So Steph, I'm so glad you're here. Of course. I mean, what better person to bring on to talk about this than my yoga guru over here. So welcome Steph. Thanks for coming. Yay. Thank you so much for having me for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I know I was talking about this the other day, like meditation and why so many people seem to skip past it in the 12 steps, you know, like I work a 12 step program. So do you, I actually work two programs. So I work, you know, 12 step program, but I also work at, you know, Buddhist recovery, which is all about meditation. I mean, that's like the heavy focal point is meditation I don't have a problem with that because I'm a meditator, but I feel like in sobriety and mainly in these, you know, the 12 steps people seem to kind of like skim past it. You know, it's like, okay, prayer, meditation. Okay. Boom. Okay. Pray. Okay. Do quick. And then on to the next step. And it's like, no, it's so important, you know, for mindfulness and that mindfulness practice to really have a dedicated prayer meditation practice and yoga. Yeah, totally.
2: Yes. Yes, you know, it's funny about a month into my sobriety, a friend from college came to visit me and he is very spiritual, I think as a direct result of mushrooms and LSD, but that's that's his own thing. <laughs> so we go on this hike and he's like, "Oh, this is a perfect spot for meditating." And I'm like, "Meditating?" And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I've never meditated before. You know, what does this mean? I've been like, maybe not even a month. Maybe I was sober for like three weeks or something. So he's like, yeah, just sit down right here and like get comfortable and just be quiet. And it's gorgeous. I'm talking a nice Mm -hmm. like stream, waterfall, moss covered rock. Right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. What do you mean I have to sit down and be quiet and not talk or think or play? Or, you know, what does this mean? I was so confused. And I was definitely one of those people. I didn't know how to meditate, I didn't know how to be still or how to be quiet,
1: ever. Yeah. It's like something that's not, doesn't come natural, especially in this day and age of communication, right? It's constant quick communication. We're constantly getting information, pick up our phone, a quick Google search, you know, constant texting. You're having multiple conversations with multiple people at the same time, email, text conversation, you're at work. And it's like the complete polar opposite is just to stay and sit in silence. And, but it's so necessary. It's like unplugging. Right. It's like unplugging something and like, okay, we need to do a restart. We need to do a quick reset. Like, I didn't know about meditation. I mean, you were a couple of weeks sober. I was years sober. I'm talking like six years. I think I was five or six years. I can't remember. I may have been six years sober when I found out about meditation and where I actually meditated. I worked the steps though, but I think like the sponsor that had the time, she didn't really like go over it. And I think it's because like, you know, step 10 is really heavily emphasized, you know, so cleaning up this, you know, wrongs, right. So we continue to try to make things right that we've done wrong, you know, and we're continually self-aware in the self-awareness and then, okay. Yeah. Pray, say a prayer, say the set prayer, In the morning when you wake up and then, you know, continue to help other people. And then that's it. It's like, oh, great. But it's like skipped over this whole meditation piece. But for me, meditation, once I found that it's like, cause I suffer from anxiety. And so meditation for me is just like a reset button. And once I found that and started implementing it, I swear when I started actually meditating, I was like getting high. I swear to God, I'm not even lying. It felt like I was high. So I'm like doing these meditations. So I'm like, wow, I'm getting all of these like inspirational thoughts, like all of these, like these, like straight up downloads, right? I'm like, oh my God, all this, like this overflow of peace and love and information flowing into me and all this knowledge. And then I'm walking throughout my day and I'm like going fast, but it's slow motion. It was just like this crazy, like body high all day long of like this, just pure, like knowledge and wisdom and this opening. I'm like, Oh my God, no one told me about this before. Like we're in recovery and I'm getting high off of something and I can't like, and you didn't tell me like, what the hell there's this loophole. like, I didn't know about this. I should, I would have been doing this a long time ago.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, I heard something really profound shared at a meeting, and it was if you meditate for five minutes a day, you can change the world. But if you meditate for 10 minutes a day, you can change yourself. Mm, Love that. You won't have to, right? You won't have to change the world, which is just really, man, that's what my experience has been. Like, once I unlocked this meditation and ability to really quiet my mind and just be yeah a new level of serenity and acceptance like
1: has entered right like with you know addicts and alcoholics like it's hard for us to just be and it's hard for us in our addiction to just be okay with being us and that's why we used and that's why we drank and so this meditating and just being okay with being it's so foreign to us you know and that's the problem that I had I had a problem sitting still, I had a problem being me. I had a problem sitting in my own thoughts and I had a problem sitting with myself and sitting with something else. I was actually afraid like for years, I was afraid of like whatever else was out there. Cause I knew something was, and I knew that I was connected to it. Cause I had been, when I was a little kid, when I was real little, I had like prophetic dreams and all these visions and things that would come to me. And so then I of course started drinking and I was terrified. I'm like, there is something out there. Like And I'm connected to it. And I don't think that I want to tap into it because I don't know what it is. Now I'm like, okay, I know what it is. Now I'm aware, like, give me more of it. Open up this channel, open up this portal. Like, let's like fill me up. What else is out there? And I love it. And then yoga too. I mean, you are, tell us a little bit about your yoga journey.
2: Yes. So, you know, that experience in early recovery with meditation, that was about the extent of it for years to follow. Like I still, and definitely, you know, me and my sponsor have identified it as a character defect, <laughs> but my character defect is that I go, go, go. I am like, I feel like I'm like externally validated by accomplishments and by doing, and I'm like task oriented, mm-hmm. and man, if I have like one open hour in my schedule, I'm going to
1: have to fill it. Yeah.
2: and like arranging this time to meet with you. Right. I'm like, <laughs> trying to feverishly to find this one (laughs) hour or whatever to just do this. And it's like, I'm always just busy, 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 go, go, go. So I started doing yoga a lot. COVID hit. I started really doing yoga often daily and Then I was introduced to around the same time as I started yoga teacher training, because I've always had a passion for yoga. I danced my whole Mm -hmm. life. I had a passion for just movement, mindful movement, dance and yoga, really just any type of movement. But so I loved yoga and I had an opportunity to jump into a YTT, which if the opportunity ever presents it to any of these listeners, take the opportunity, be a yes, as we say in Baptist Power Style Yoga be a yes. And so I found myself being a yes. And I just did it. I went on and on. I took a chance and I did it. I'm glad you did. Me too. Oh my gosh. It changed my life. It was exactly what I needed and I didn't know it. Right. That's how it always works. But it was a yin class a restorative yoga class, which changed my entire world. So it was on zoom. It was virtual and instructor, it was one hour of yin yoga, which is restorative. It's like, you know, hold this pose three to five minutes and just mm-hmm. stay. The teacher didn't talk while we we're in these poses. Like <laughs> I kept turning around to look at my screen, <laughs> to, like make sure my zoom was still connected. I'm like, am I having, <laughs> is there Wi-Fi issues? Like what the fuck's going on here? Everyone's <laughs> quiet. Like, and I, every five seconds wanted to reach for my phone. Like I could yes. not, and the level of uncomfortability that I was at with just being still and quiet, I was like alarmed. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I could not do like my skin was crawling. I yes. wanted to scream. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the most boring thing I've ever done in my life. And I literally like, and that was when the light bulb went off. I'm like, this is not normal. It is not normal that I can't just like enjoy this. So the more yeah. I practiced. Eventually, I started to get it, but it was really through power yoga or like a vinyasa style mm-hmm. yoga, which is flow. So I noticed that when a teacher, a yoga teacher, is calling out pose after pose, asana after asana, posture, you know, sequence after sequence, you are just moving your body. And eventually, about forty minutes into the class, you realize that you haven't had a thought of your own in forty yes. minutes.
1: Oh, in 40 I love minutes. it. Yes. And
2: that's how I began to find and unlock meditation in my life. It no other way did this. And I try to share this at, you know, 11th step meetings. I tried to share this with other people in recovery because I know I'm not alone in this inability to meditate. Yeah.
1: Yes. Straight up
2: incapable. I felt I'm like, what is that? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. So it was a hundred percent through taking like yoga classes, not just yin and restorative. Like yoga classes where the teacher is calling out pose after pose after pose. And it's funny you mentioned downloads because now in my life, when I attend a yoga class, I feel inspired. I feel like myself again. I just, you're connecting back to source. Oh my gosh. It is like, it's just so refreshing. And like, I have to go to my meetings for my program of recovery. That totally fills my cup up. But when I take the time out of my busy schedule that I fill myself, you know, when I take that time to be a student of yoga, I am forever going to be a student of yoga. Mm -hmm. When I take that time to just be and breathe and move my body and listen and strip those layers of the onion, you know, the clarity and inspiration I get, man. So, you know, I've been in grief. Yes. We were just talking about that. I lost my only sibling a few months ago. And the only time I have felt like myself is in a yoga class yeah. as a student of yoga. Because when I'm practicing myself, you know, maybe I can forget about it or shake it off, but it's when someone is calling out posture after posture mm-hmm. and I just am going and moving. It is the first time I really felt like myself again in a long, yeah. long time. And it, yeah. it's just incredible. But now, yeah. You know, I mentioned first doing yin and being like, what is going on? These people are insane. SOS. Somebody. They're like, me why away. is nobody
1: talking? It's like when it's a silent room, you're like, is there supposed, oh is there supposed to be something right now? Like what's, what's going on right now?
2: I was bored out of my mind. So now though, now I teach mm-hmm. yin and it is. I love your yin.
1: Oh my! <laughs> but it, you know, it's funny because. When I took your, the very first time I took a yin yoga class was your class. And at the time, because it was during COVID, I had been meditating like crazy because I'd been home yes, all day, I that. every day. I never thought about the silence. It never occurred to me. So my reaction to it, because I had been meditated up and in this zone, is like, this is great. It's sitting in the poses. So that's where <laughs> I thought this, I'm like, oh my goodness. And I just being able to be body aware and the awareness in the silence of mm-hmm. being in the posture and just being aware of any little discomfort also, but also like, this is great. And this is, I feel my body restoring itself, like restorative yoga. It's just a great feeling. I loved your yin yoga class. Like the very first time I took it, it was just like, Oh, Oh my gosh! I even thought about this because I'll sit in posture for in long meditations, and I'm used to that. I'm used to some of the thoughts coming up, but what I had normally been practicing is vinyasa, so it's calling the postures and poses. But really, you said it a couple times too, like calling posture after posture and pose and asana. What it is is just being mindful. So even whatever it is, whatever you're doing, there's times when I don't have enough time to dedicate like an hour, I have a baby, you know what I mean? So it's like, can't dedicate one hour to meditation every single day, but I'll do a mindfulness practice. And so I'll set my alarm early before the because now she's a little bit better now because she's getting a little bit older. She's more on a predictable schedule now. And, you know, she's almost two. So she's like a year and a half. Like, I don't know, 20 months or whatever, whatever it is between a year and a half and two years old, however you want to count those weird months. But anyways, so I set my time and I'll have my mindfulness coffee, right? So all it is, is just being present in the moment and doing one thing, not scrolling, not looking at my phone, not praying, not thinking, Mm -hmm. not planning my day, but simply sitting, drinking my coffee, having a sip, feeling the coffee is warm. It tastes good. Like just being present and kind of bringing Mm -hmm. myself back to center. And that's really all that is, you know, that's what our minds need to do. And that's why it's so important. I mean, especially in recovery, I mean, of all people that need to do it, it's people like, you know, like us, like alcoholics and addicts who want to have that Instant gratification, that sensation, that instant, let me check, let me scroll, let me click, let me the, like that quick, 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 instant gratification is what we're looking for. And so we need that meditation. And meditation isn't instant gratification. It's not like you take a pill and all of a sudden you feel like better. Well, like I said, sometimes I do get high on my meditating, right? So sometimes it is a little bit more instant than others, but you get those feel good. I mean, those endorphins, right? That feel good, that serotonin release that I get from that is you know I guess a form of a high right but yeah I mean I don't always get it and so that's why it's a practice like the meditation practice is because it's not something that's going to be perfect and there's some there are some days where I sit there and I'm like okay you know fuck this like this isn't gonna work like I'm anxious today I but I know that that's when that's why I need to sit longer Because it's just going to take a little bit longer. It's just not as instant. And I always know that I know I'm like, okay, five minutes. It's not, it's my thoughts are still racing. So I need to sit for 10. And then after 10 minutes, then it'll start. So sometimes it just takes a little, it works every time. It just takes a little longer. Sometimes I don't like stuff taking longer. I want it like right now. I want it like, I want to sit down. I want to sit down and I want to reach enlightenment. <laughs> like I want to be, I want to sit down under, you know, the Bodhi tree and I want to be enlightened and I want to have all knowledge. Oh, but man. It It is not,
2: (laughs) it is not that way. And it's funny because I hear other women in recovery, right? Like they want to come in and get this thing. Yes. They want to just be that sober woman that, you know, has 15 years and has a successful business and a husband and a baby, right? They just want to come in and they want all the promises to come true and rainbow and happy ending. Right. And it
1: doesn't work that way either. There's, I was talking to a newcomer, I love her to death. And she's, you know, say, like complained about something. And I was like, I was like, bitch, you work three and a half steps. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yes. you haven't even done anything yet. Like relax, like just chill. You worked 3.5. I gave her 0.5. Cause she like worked one resentment. I'm like, dude, you, you haven't even done anything yet. Like just chill. You've worked, you've worked 3.14 steps. Okay. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, I love her to death too, but and she's totally like, she's getting it. You know what I mean? But so it's not like she's totally not self-aware, but I mean, like even someone who's self-aware and is still trying to do it's like, I want to get it and it's like no just chill for a second you know just pump the brakes totally
2: and and it'll happen
1: yes
2: like we say keep coming back like keep coming back to meditation Yes, and eventually
1: yes
2: keep coming back like i have a little pillow that i sit on like keep coming back to that spot and eventually something is going to happen something is going to work like i didn't quit yin yoga just because i had that horrendous first experience like I kept trying. Yes. Eventually man like that. So you said something and it totally like clicked something in my mind, which just blew my mind. Right. So you said, you know, for alcoholics and addicts, we want that instant gratification. And I was just totally reminded that, okay, say I'm in like lizard lunge. In yin yoga, it's like it could be extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially the longer you stay, your hips are settling in a position you've never been in before. So that's one of my most challenging postures, I think, in yin. And by most challenging, I mean to meet uncomfortability and then stay there and not move, not shimmy out and face that uncomfortability, you know, and face it, right? So I'm deep breathing and I'm self regulating, I'm staying. I am fighting. I am here. I'm not leaving. And you reminded me of it's the same exact type of breathing that I use in my recovery when I'm in a situation that is disturbing to me, whether a coworker says some off the wall shit at work, it's like mm-hmm. extremely inappropriate or disrespectful or something. Some right? Some male. Some male. Says <laughs> yeah. Something 100%. that they don't understand. Right. hundred percent. It's usually that. Yes. <laughs> so, like that, or, you know, I, I'm in a drinking situation where I'm feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Or, I mean, any situation that I'm feeling disturbed or that uncomfortability, the same feeling I feel in lizard lunch, I have to face it, mm-hmm. sit with it, acknowledge yep. the thought, right? Like, just like I say in yin yoga, acknowledge the thought. I'm not always grateful for the thoughts I have in the office or in the car or like whatever, but I do that same exact breathing technique, you know, and I have really, you know, I have shared this a lot with people because it's so mind blowing to me that the more I've prayed and meditated, like the longer this reaction time in my life has become. Yes. I don't need to be so reactive
0: today. Yeah. Yes.
2: I can take a minute. I can take a beat and take a yeah. few deep breaths before I say a slew of profanity, right? Like, yes. before I start talking about yo mama, like, I yes, don't have to go there. Like, that yes, pause, that pause.
1: Yes. yes. That pause. Someone and asked I me that. To- like, yeah, someone asked me that. I was probably, I don't know. Probably like five years sober. And someone asked me like, what's the biggest like gift that you've received in sobriety? I'm like, honestly, that pause. Yep. And he didn't get it. He's like, that's weird. And he's like, of all the things. And I'm like, yeah, that actually is because my reaction, I never even knew that you weren't supposed to react right away. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I I, I swear to God, I thought that was like how you, I thought that was the right way to do it. I didn't know that there was even another option. I didn't know there was like ABC reaction. I thought you just react. I thought someone does not be And then as quickly as possible, like you have to quickly respond back. I didn't even know that there were like other options. And so for me, I don't know, maybe he was a different place or whatever, but I just remember him being like, that's really of all the things I'm just like, yeah. And he was sober, you know, probably has the same time as I did, but I just remember it being like so weird. I'm like, no, that is huge for me. That pause button is like life saving. I mean, like literally life saving from the things that I'm the wreckage that I want to cause <laughs> from my first reaction. Because with something, especially something negative happens, right? Someone offends us or someone does something. Oh my God. My first reaction was like, and, you know, get out the machine gun and like blast, right? Like, not literally, you know what I mean? But blast insults, reaction, like protect, defend mode, like pure, like, oh, you're not good. Oh, you did this. Oh, guess what? I'm going to do. And just attack back and kill the, not literally. I'm talking figuratively, but like kill the person, right? Like, you could not, you have no fight left in you, right? But now I'm like, huh, okay. You did something to me. Let me think about this. Let me think about how my reaction can cause a chain reaction. And let me think if it's worth even mm-hmm. reacting at all because sometimes like there I get more, you know, cuz I still do have ego, you know, but sometimes I get more out of it been like I didn't even give you my time. Like you're not even worth it to me. And like, I'm okay with sitting in that, you know? Yeah. There's a little ego attached to it. Okay. Like maybe, you know, a little ego of like, okay, I'm too good for you, whatever, but Hey, it is way better. But the reality of it, okay. Maybe there's a little bit of it, but the reality of it is that, and honestly, the bigger picture is like, I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause more grief in my life. And I don't want to cause any more damage. And so I'm unwilling to bring drama into my life. I'm unwilling to bring drama into anyone else's life. Like I'm unwilling to create chaos in order to get my point across like period. And that's it. So I have that pause button now, you know, and it's easy sometimes to practice it out in the real world. Right. And then when you're at home with the people that you're with, like my husband, like sometimes that pause button's completely gone. (laughs) but it's progress, you know, and it is really like compared to before. Like, yeah, that pause is like a fucking lifesaver.
2: Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And you know, that pause was the evidence of a spiritual experience of that spiritual experience that I had undergone because like I, you know, along my journey in recovery, I couldn't really see black and white. Like a lot of it's like gray watercolor, right? Like I never really, and then eventually, you know, from who I am right now in this moment, I can look back and it's complete opposite. But along the way, I'm like, where really did the miracle happen? And where did the yeah. psychic change occur? And right, it's right there. It's in that reaction or lack thereof, right? Yeah, It's in those moments where I get to control myself
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and man, that level of acceptance I have for the world around me is a direct result of meditation, prayer, you know, and that like accepting the world as it is, that just takes maturity. It gives me a level of peace and serenity. I never even thought imaginable like imaginable. Yeah. I don't have to change every situation or I don't have to change this ignorant person at
1: work's mind. I don't have
2: to. I don't That's have That's what to we be- did when we
1: were drinking, grasping, controlling, grasping, wanting the world to fit into this narrative and probably not even being aware that there's another way. Because if somebody would have told me when I was drinking that you can accept the world on its terms, and I think and I vaguely remember having a conversation about that, about reaction and someone doesn't control you. And I was, and I like having a dead set and I would have like died on this, you know, fucking hill about it that yes, somebody else does control you because I didn't know another way because people controlled me so much that I didn't think that they did, but they did so much that. I was like, no, that's false. Like, no, you control your reaction. I'm like, no, someone, if someone slaps me in the face, then I'm going to hit them back. And that's not my fault. I don't have control over that. And I swear to God, I remember having like a dead set conversation (laughs) that that was the truth. And like exactly what you're saying is like that acceptance creates that peace of mind. And that really does come from sobriety, working a program of maturity, you know, Mm -hmm. and having that. Like it's the irony of it. Like giving control gives you more control who would have thought, right? Giving up this control and this need to control is actually gives you all the control because Mm -hmm. now when nobody else controls you and you understand that you can accept things in the world, the way it is that you now have full control. And it's just the irony in it all is just like crazy.
2: Yeah. And it's so wild that like what we've just, you know, we've started off talking about sitting quietly, but that's where it comes from. And it kind of helps me day in and day out, you know, that's me controlling my physical body and my mind in that moment. And so if I have control over my physical body and my mind in this moment, it means I can control my physical body and my mind in any moment. So. No matter what crisis is happening, or what emergency or calamity is going on in the world around me, I will be able to meet that with a sane and sound mind. Because meet calamity with serenity. That's it. Because I take that time to connect with Source. And it's funny, I felt some guilt of comparing how I work this, you know, prayer and meditation aspect of the program. I used to compare myself a lot to how other people do it. Mm-hmm. And well, so-and-so does this every morning for two hours and I don't do it that way, but it was brought to my attention that moving my body and connecting with God through breath and meditation in the morning is sufficient, you know, and I am sufficient and the way I connect with a higher power is sufficient. And that was really freeing
1: to me too. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we did this episode.
2: Yes, we just covered so many different, like, aspects and facets of this amazing, profound, like, life-changing practice. I know.
1: Okay, so all listeners out there, if you are sober and you don't have a meditation, mindful yoga practice, we highly encourage it because it has done wonders, it's done wonders for me and for stuff and yeah, just really highly encourage even that small mindfulness practice like using the cup of coffee, you know, just something to slow the mind down, be present in the moment, be present with yourself and it's I think I don't know, I feel like it's vital for sobriety. So that's a wrap. That's all we got for today. So again, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in and please don't forget to subscribe, like,
0: and we will see you next week. Thanks, Steph. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Pink Cloud Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.